0: Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is City Clerk Anna Valencia, and you are on the injured reserve list. (laughs) What happened
1: to your ankle? You're really starting with that. Hi, Fran. Good morning. (laughs) So I was running with my husband, and in typical Anna fashion, I wanted to beat him at the final leg, and so I was sprinting, and when I turned around to gloat, I rolled my ankle. So I think he got the last laugh. Oh, so is it a severe sprain? (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, it's just a sprain, not a fracture or anything. Just have to wear this ugly bracelet for the next week or so. And what happened to your hand? And then my hand, I was a celebrity chef for Hanna for a nonprofit, and I was entertaining my guests, and I slipped and caught the grill. That was five days before the swearing-in, by the way. I told the doctor I was not wearing my gauze on stage because it was a big moment, and I didn't. What degree burn did you suffer? Oh, you know, like second degree or something. I think it was fine. I went to an urgent care. They bandaged me up. It was fine.
0: Okay. You know, we don't have
1: time to be injured. We have to, we have the work to do. Keep
0: moving. (laughs) So the girl from Granite City, Illinois, 30,000 population, Mm -hmm. is the city clerk of the city of
1: Chicago. How did that happen? Well, a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment, and a lot of great mentors and opportunities. It's actually funny that you mention it, Granite City, because I, my local newspaper did a story. It came out two days ago in printed version, and my dad, I think, has taken it to every establishment in Granite City. And uh, my parents are very proud. But like a lot of others, I came um, from humble beginnings. My dad's in the trades. I was the first in my family to go to college and graduate at University of Illinois. And uh, that was there where I actually got an internship for a local judge's race. Uh, through my dad's connection, uh, he was painting a lawyer's home of this woman who cut his hair, and he struck up a conversation uh, with the woman and, and said, my daughter's interested in politics, and her husband happened to be running for judge that year, and she basically told her husband to hire me. And I got in, and that's how I started locally, really understanding that there was even such a thing as holding elected office. Uh, but really through my time, I did not see a lot of women in this space. And as I kind of moved up my career working in Springfield and Chicago, I didn't see a lot of women or women of color at the table making decisions, running strategies. And um, for me, that's really what's driving me now is to make sure there's more women and women of color coming behind me. You wrote a third grade essay saying you wanted to be
0: the first woman president of the United States. Is that still a goal of yours? And do Uh, you really believe
1: that you will be? I don't know about that. But it's funny you mentioned that my dad also found this article in the newspaper in St. Louis Post-Dispatch when I was younger. And it said, I was going to graduate college. I was going to live in New York or Chicago. And I was going to run for elected office. And I was going to be an international lawyer. Haven't done that and you know i never really thought at the beginning that i would be an elected official and kind of coming up and working as an organizer and behind the scenes you see what really elected officials put their life out there you know the sacrifices they make in their own personal time and their family time to make sure that they are getting things done for the people they represent so at the beginning i don't think i really saw myself but then after 2016 and with who ended up being president, uh, I felt this urgency to raise my hand and to lean into this opportunity to become city clerk.
0: Well, did the mayor, Mayor Manuel, come to you and say, I want to make you city clerk, no. or did you
1: lobby it? <laughs> you know who, who he is. No, absolutely not. Actually, uh, it was a few days after Susanna had won. Susanna Mendoza. Susanna Mendoza had won this- statewide. And I had actually not really thought about it, but it was my husband and a few friends who started thinking, pushing me to think about it. And I remember uh, calling the mayor that weekend. I was in a jewel parking lot. And I had written a list of why I thought I was qualified for the position and what I wanted you to do. You wrote it on an
0: envelope? Wrote or? it on
1: a piece of paper. I was grocery shopping that day, and but I had to call him because he was making moves, and and I had I wanted him to consider me. So a, a friend that uh, still a still friend that worked with the mayor said you need to call him today. So I, I picked up the phone, called him, and you know he was very quiet, I, and he was like, okay, let me think about it. And it was actually four weeks before I actually heard something that I would be considered for the position. So now
0: you're working for a mayor who wants to abolish your office (laughs) and wants to abolish the city sticker that you sell. Why should we have a city clerk's office and are you worried that Mayor Leifert will pursue that?
1: Well, I absolutely think that everyone, if you look back, who's run for mayor, has said to abolish the city clerk's office or the city treasurer's office, I think it's something that people talk about in political campaign speeches. But I think once you get into governing, it's a lot different than campaigning. And Mayor Lightfoot and I had a lovely discussion a couple weeks ago after the swearing in, and there are a lot of things that we want to work on together, fines and fees, um, reforming some of the city sticker practices, which you saw a report that dropped on Tuesday, And I think there's so much revenue we bring to the city, we have to do a better job of telling people where it goes as well. You know, the $135 million we bring in every year funds 10 infrastructure departments along with potholes. And so that's a huge, huge um, revenue revenue stream. But what we need to look about, what we talk about is accessibility and compliance and making sure we have affordable options for people, making sure people know about the city sticker and what it does. Um, making sure that we uh, can get people on payment plans. These are the conversations to switch it from just solely like people are trying to skirt the law because that's not the case. From the discussions we heard from the community, we heard that people just didn't have the ability to pay right away and needed either longer or 0% trying to get in, you know, pay what you can to start a payment plan because we were turning people away that had $500 to start a payment plan but didn't have half. And so we turn them away, so you're losing revenue and you're also putting people further into debt which then goes to this whole other debt spiral. And then I also think the city council office is the independent arm of the mayor's office, too. We do a lot of the city council postings. We stream. We archive all the record keeping. You don't want that to be solely in the mayor's office and skirt the city council rules.
0: Why, Why can't it be? Why can't it be a department of city government as opposed
1: to a separate elected office? Because I think you have to have an independent check system. And if it's just under one control of the mayor's office, doesn't mean you're gonna have the transparency that you're looking for. What are you checking? Postings, making sure. Some people will try to post quickly and not give the public enough time and do a committee, to do a committee hearing. To make sure that the public is aware city council streaming making sure that the records are being transparent all the votes are being collected committee reports are coming from the committee so we're also that bridge between city council and the mayor's office that can be the neutral player to make sure that everything is happening as it should be. So, do you get the feeling from your discussions with
0: Mayor Lightfoot that she's given up on this idea? I think she has a lot of other things going on.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So, so that's a no. I mean, oh, yeah. She-
1: I think I think we're in a really good place. I think. We have decided to work on fines and fees together and women and girls initiatives together and city council streaming. She's very interested in the city council streaming. Uh, we want to really for, look at modernizing city council operations, and she's really interested in that work that we're doing too. So she's given up on the idea of going to Springfield and abolishing your office. I think so. I think uh, if she's going to Springfield, I think it's going to be making sure we get capital money and all the other important things that we need. She's got bigger fish to fry yes. than you. Yes,
0: I would say so. Okay. So the, the indebtedness report, the task force report, you inherited an office that really got went down hard on motorists. The mayor in his first budget, Mayor Emanuel, raised the sticker fee and then also raised the penalties. And the hammer came down too hard. Isn't that what you conclude? Well,
1: what I think would happen if you got to step back and see in 2011, they were coming through a huge bu- budget deficit, huge budget gap. And I think all departments looked at what could they do to either cut their budgets or find new revenue. And so I think the intention was never to, um, do the impacts or have negative consequences on our communities. I think they were just trying to find ways where they didn't have to go for large sums of money and really hurt um, taxes. residents. Exactly, right. in taxes. So I think over time, even before Mayor Emanuel, you'll see there are other you know, fines and fees throughout other administrations or before him that people will just increase a little here, a little here. Well, we have to look at that holistically now. We kind well, of have to I see even remember in the
0: nineties when Jim Lasky, who then went to prison, one of your predecessors, mm-hmm. he, he made a big issue about all the city employees and government employees who were scoff laws. And so the, the call at that time was come down harder, mm-hmm. get that money, get that debt and reduce that backlog.
1: Yeah. So we went too far and the pendulum swung too much? I think, you know, what I think would happen is there there was a subtle increasement, you know, a little increasement here, a little increasement here, but there wasn't a holistic viewpoint of what was actually happening. And so what I think is good for government to do, the private sector does this well, nonprofits do this, is that we have to pause and reflect on past policies through a racial lens or an equity lens, through a socioeconomic lens, and say, You know, what is the point of government, right? Our point of government, our our intention of government is to positively impact communities, to remove barriers from our community residents, to make it easier for them to get ahead. So we have to look at ourselves and say, are we doing that? and the work that we've done the last 6 months has shown well we we have some policies that we need to tweak we need to reform we haven't looked at in 10 20 years maybe even 30 years and we need to modernize and change with the times and All make right, sure that so they're fair do we need to stop booting i think that we need to look at whether that's actually being effective the booting because what you're trying to do is get people into compliance if for non-moving violations why are we going so hard on people with whether it's booting or impoundment, selling their cars for $200, license suspensions? I mean, just all because you didn't buy a city sticker or you had a non-moving violation? I understand if you're driving under the influence or you're you've, you know, you're speeding. I think you should be held accountable for those actions. But if you're parking in a zone and it didn't have the proper signage, or, you know, there was weather or whatever the case may be, the stories that we heard. Um, for let me give you an example. I met this couple on the west side when we did, did this town hall. And they had five kids and he was a CTA bus driver doing everything right, right? We tell people as leaders, if you make the right choices, work hard, work hard, you can have success for you and your family. Well, he got a city sticker ticket, then another one. And he wasn't getting them directly to his house at first because they had the wrong address. So by the time he got them, he had almost five thousand dollars in city sticker debt.
0: Because of all the penalties and, that keep compounding. Yeah,
1: compounding. And what happened then? He, when he tried to get a payment plan, he had to get fifty percent down to start a payment plan. Twenty five hundred dollars. Who has that laying around? Well, when that didn't happen, then he lost his license. Then he, you know, lost his CDL license. Lost his job as a CTA bus driver. Oh, How my. is that fair? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about these people's stories, it's not that I'm making this up. And it's not like he wants to skirt the law. If there was a payment plan that he could have gotten on that was $25 down now and then pay as you go, continue to keep his job, continue to be able to drive, he would be able to provide. And how does that help the city
0: Yeah. to have
1: that family on the west side without a job? And then
0: they end up on welfare or whatever. Or
1: whatever happens or... or child care loss or or losing their home. its just That's not what our job as government to do. So you'd stop booting and towing for all but what? Well, I don't know if it's stopping. What we have to do right now with the 14 recommendations is there's some more research and assessments that need to be happening. So University of Chicago, their school and social services actually coming on board to help us look through all the data through Department of Finance, Department of Budget, uh, Chicago Department of Transportation, and Chicago Police Department. we're going to do some assessments looking at internally the data along with the mayor's office to see what is happening and what are some solutions that we can look forward to. What are the things that instead of booting, can we do instead that's going to hold people into compliance? So take the city sticker or take our office, right? We started a four-month city sticker last fall so that we could get people into compliance who thought that $87 how's that at working? Once. So that'll that- be rolling out later this year.
0: Oh, you haven't done yeah, it yet. Yeah, that we're okay. doing.
1: And then we're also going to insert the 15-day grace period back for our city stickers that gives people time. So if it expires today, you still have 15 days to get one in the mail, online, or to come to one of our offices.
0: What about a fix-it ticket? You give someone a ticket and you say, you don't have a valid city sticker, you
1: have a month to get one. That's something
0: we're exploring as is well. That, why is that a good
1: idea? Well, I think that gives people some opportunity to get the city sticker without getting the big, uh, because the whole thing is compliance. You know, we're, we're getting the revenue generated and we want to get people an opportunity to onboard into compliance if they never knew they had to be in compliance. Or maybe they didn't have the access or the time to get the city sticker. Or maybe it was a language access barrier, whatever case it may be. We as a city have to do better about bringing our city services to the communities, not just nine through nine to five evening hours and Saturday hours as well, which is what we're doing on our new mobile city hall initiative as well.
0: Now, what about the idea of relooking at the
1: overnight parking ban,
0: particularly winter? You know, where you can't park on a hundred miles of arterial streets.
1: Uh, what's that about? That's something that we're also exploring with Cdot and Streets of San, because we're looking at. Exactly why some of these laws kind of don't make sense. There's like a double law for each for the winter ban and whether people need to actually move if there's snow on the ground or could people or if snow is coming or snow on the ground. There's a lot of confusion. So the community asks us to look at that. So that's another assessment that we're going to be looking at as well.
0: So in other words, instead of banning parking for all winter long, do it when the snow is coming.
1: Exactly. Or snow on the ground. So making sure we're it. How do you notify
0: people though? How would you get the word out? Well,
1: that's where, that's where we come into a communications plan, a marketing campaign. That's something we're not very good at in the city government. And we're still trying to figure out in the city clerk's office is you know, big brands like Coca-Cola or, you know, name a brand, right? Nike. They have these huge marketing budgets and are able to get their their information out, right? The city, we have a lot of assets, but we need to think of how can we market and get information out at the ground level through It's through our faith community or community-based organizations? Is it through billboards? Is it through text alerts? Um, how can we get that information to people, and how are they receiving it?
0: But there should be a way in this modern age... Where you can text someone, or text, you know, get a universe of people and get the word out that now the snow is coming. Get your car up the street. Yeah, and that's what we're time. working on. So you think that's a better idea instead of ticketing blanketly?
1: Yes, I think we have to just be more strategic. And and what are we trying to accomplish, right? So you have to ask ourselves: Are we trying, you're trying to, trying to accomplish, clear the, ru- the routes? You're trying to clear the routes. So is ticketing that massive and getting people into debt really accomplishing what we're trying to do? So I think it's just thinking outside the box, being more innovative as government and reviewing past policies. We're not just continuing doing policies because that's the way we've done it. That's not how we should lead. Now, we should we, ask these questions. We know
0: that the impact has been more severe on people of color, right? Yeah, In terms of the size. bankruptcies. Is the city unfair racially? Is that what that well, is?
1: Well, we're, that's the other question that the, a lot of the community advocates had of why are the ticketing, massive ticketing happening more on the south and west side? And that's why we have to ask those questions. We know that racism still exists in our city. We know that there's still inequities in our city. And so these are the things that we need to address. Um, as a city. And I know that Mayor Lightfoot is really taking a lead on as well. And I've really enjoyed working with her team and the budget department and all the other departments have been very open in saying, you know, we see these inequities, how can we fix them together? And everyone has come together to say, we want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And so that's what we're now hoping to accomplish together.
0: But you're literally proposing another equity officer well, there's
1: already an equity officer. So right. That's, right. So, so, but you're so proposing, we're proposing a financial uh, justice director. What so is that? So, financial justice director is what they did in San Francisco. So, it's basically helping us stay accountable. Looking through all of the fines and fees work, looking through this report, making sure it's happening, and making sure that we're looking at policies through you know a racial and equity and socioeconomic lens, so that we don't have any unintended consequences that may happen. And then, let's say a year from now, we put a policy and we see that something's happening, that person can say, "Hey, we need to halt and and re you know think about how we're going to approach this."
0: There's a danger, though, if she stops water shutoffs, which she has promised to do. And if you let, you know, if you don't use the Denver boot as much and you give people a more lenient policy, isn't there a danger that people will say, well, forget it. I don't need to pay my tickets. I don't need to pay my water bill. And then the city loses revenue. And then we have no.
1: Well, that's what all everyone, that's what the kind of critics have said. But my, is there a danger of that? You know, there's. There, we've looked at other cities. So take San Francisco, and other cities are trying. We're the first major U.S. city to actually tackle this outside San Francisco. And so there's a lot of mayors and other city leaders around the country that are looking at this as as issues. And what I would say is, if we don't try, we will not know. And I think there's other better ways to get revenue. That's not going to be on the back of the most what vulnerable are they? communities. Go ahead. Well. That's not, she needs to what find I'm, revenue. Yeah. You can suggest
0: something. What?
1: Well, I'm not going to say that I'm going to suggest something here, but I would say this is where we laid out 14 recommendations on where we should start. And but these will
0: cost the city money. I'm asking you, what should we, what should she replace
1: it Well, with? that's what we have to talk about. What is mm-hmm. the replacements? I don't, do I can't say we ideas? have any ideas. I don't have ideas. There's not a one set solution, but I think that there's a lot of other ways to do this than on the backs of our most vulnerable. And we shouldn't have 7% of our total city budget fines and fees from non-parking violations. That's $700 million. It's a big number.
0: Well, every other mayor has considered it easier than raising taxes. But what
1: is it costing us? Yeah. It's costing people okay, but their jobs and their livelihoods. That's not what should be driving our budget. I'm sorry. There, We should be innovative and look at other things that are not so regressive. Okay, then what are those other things? So do well, you owe it to us to tell us a few? Do I? Well, I'm going to ask Mayor Lightfoot to put her plan together and I'm going to help support that. But I would say, look, in the capital, uh, the capital bill or the casino bill, they're getting casino. I know there's a revenue stream there happening. I know medical marijuana is going to be figured out. What is the city of Chicago going to be getting from that revenue you mean stream? mean recreational marijuana? Yes, I yeah. think so too. And you're going to have to see what other plans that she has. But there's, you know, you're two not going to, you're not going to be in, in there suggesting revenue ideas. Uh, we have some ideas, okay, but I don't think they're the- fleshed out yet. You didn't want to share them yet. Not yet. I can't twist your arm not or your yet ankle or my ankle. No, no, yeah. <laughs> but I think you know what's it's exciting, and I was just with the treasurer, Melissa conyers Urban, is that all of us want to be part of the solution. I think you have a city council that wants to be part of the solution. I think you have a lot of community residents with a lot of good ideas, and it's we need to actually have time to listen to them.
0: All right, now on the wind and actually front. make action on it.
1: On the women's front, you
0: had a report on that. You were yes. heading a group on women's rights and what needs to be done for women. What should we be doing different, more?
1: Well, the Pink New Deal is what we came up with with status of women and girls, and I'm really excited about the report. One thing that we're launching with Chicago Public Schools and Dr. Jackson is we're doing an assessment of high school sexual education and the programs for all 100 high schools in Chicago and seeing where the gaps lie because they have a very robust sex education policy, but we noticed during our time as a group that there were some gaps that our high school girls were receiving depending on where their high school had extra resources or maybe where they were located. And so we really want to see, like, how can we make sure that our girls are receiving and our boys are understanding what healthy relationship looks like? and what consent means, and changing the culture is not just gonna be about legislating, but making sure we have programs and conversations between our young girls and our and our young boys and our LGBTQ youth um, at a very young age. So we're working on that this summer. We're gonna be launching a task force working on that initiative. Uh, we're also gonna host a Young girl Summit next fall with over 500 girls to bring together. Um, This was a idea that started with our high school and our young girls group, our youth group, of saying we wanna bring young girls from across the city to really meet one another and talk about our needs. Talk about what safety in Chicago means for a young girl because it means something in every neighborhood that's different and talk about the resources that we need to thrive and to be prepared to whether that's going to college or become a CEO or become the mayor someday or the city clerk. And so we're really excited about that um, next fall as well.
0: And before we go, you were going to be Rahm Emanuel's run, running mate when he chose you. I love how you always said that, Frank. And he suddenly decided not to run. Were you surprised?
1: Um Maybe a moment, but I think he did, you know, he did his part for eight years. Being mayor is a tough job. And, you know, you've seen it. You've seen what he did the work. It's 24-7. I think eight years was enough for him. And I think him and Amy and his kids deserve a nice long break um, and do something different and and give back in the
0: community a different way. You worked for him during a very difficult time. Could he have won re-election, do you
1: think? I think so, but at what cost? You know, at what cost? And I love public service, and I love this job, and I love my team, and we do incredible work, and I tell my team every day, we have four years to do as much good as possible because nothing is promised after the four. Do you see yourself running for mayor someday? I don't know what I see myself doing. I really want to continue to make impact. I really want to help women and girls. I want to love what I'm doing. I want to enjoy having um, a personal life and a family and all the things that bring me joy. And so whatever that is, whatever that looks like, um, that's what I want to continue to do.
0: What a surprise, a woman who wants it all. Oh, right. Anna Valencia, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Fran. And we will see you all next week.